Kiddushin Daf Lamed Chet Bet, understanding the wealth divide, Bishteish Mitot HaKatuv Medaber. The Posuk says in the Torah, telling us about the law of Shemitah, particularly Shemitat Ksafim, the law of foregoing loans at the end of the seventh year. The term Shemitah is used both for foregoing a loan at the end of the seventh year and also for the land lying fallow during the seventh year. The connection between these two, these two halachot, why, what, what, in what way are they connected? Why are they both called Shemitah? Just because it's the seventh year, they're called Shviyas. Uh, why do we call them Shemitah specifically? What is the relationship between the Shemitat Ksafim and Shemitat Karka? But in understanding the connection, we understand Hashem's will, we understand the divine intent, and we get a whole new perspective on poverty and class difference and the, and the understanding of the socioeconomic structure that the Torah wants the world to have. And it links to the Gemara that we did and the Matmonim that we had in Masech the Gitin Davlamet Vovan Davlamet Zayin. So if you want to go into this piece, you should look at it in conjunction with that Gemara and with the Matmonim that we did in Davlamet Vav and Lamed Zayin, where we spoke about Shmitat Ksafim, but we didn't speak about the connection between Shmitat Ksafim and Shmitat Karka. What is the connection? So the Gemara starts, our Gemara is a Rabbi Loza Rabbi Shimon, who says that any mitzvah that was given to the Jewish people in the Midbar applies whether you're in Israel or not. The mitzvot that were given to B'nai Israel when they got to Eretz Israel, or just before they came into Eretz Israel, that was specific for Eretz Israel. Two exceptions, one of them being Hashmatat Ksafim. Even though Shmitat Ksafim was given to them in Israel, it applies universally. Ask the Gemara, Shmatat Ksafim, Chovat HaGufi, Shmatat Ksafim has nothing to do with Eretz Israel. It's a, it's a commercial law. It's a law of business. It's a, a chovat haguf. And the Gemara has already established that a chovat haguf, that means it's not dependent on the land. It's not a law that applies to the land. It's a law that applies to the individual, to the person. And as such, it applies wherever you're living. It doesn't make any difference. The, law, the commercial laws are the same whether you're in New York or you're in Yerushalayim. Why even referencing it here? No, says the Gemara, not so simple, because Rebbe says in a brighter, based on this posuk that we have in Pasha Sra'i. The Torah uses the word Shemitah twice alongside one another. So we see we're talking about two Shemitot in one sentence. So they are connected. To teach you teach, as you might think, this is a business law that applies universally, and that's what our logic would tell us. But no, even the law of Shmitat Ksafim, the law of, of foregoing loans, this financial law is linked to, to Eretz Israel and applies only when you're living in Eretz Israel, says Rebbe, and the Gemara brings that in order to explain the din of Rabbi. And the Rambam brings that The law of Shmitat Ksafim for going loans only applies when the Yovel applies. That means when more than half of the Jewish people are living on the land in Israel, then Shmita applies Midoraisa, and then Shmitat Ksafim applies Midoraisa. But the Rabbonin said that we've got to treat Shmitat Ksafim as global in our present time. 
So although we don't, although Shmitat Hakarka is is not Midoraisa, and therefore we would have thought that there's no Shmitat Ksafim. No, there's Shmitat Ksafim as well. Says the Ramam, so that we don't forget this. It's a kind of a law you can get into bad habits quite easily. To, to train yourself as a society to the idea of foregoing alone in the Shmita, you don't want to give up that training, that development, that social development. So we keep that going, even though, strictly speaking, Midoraisa, the law of Shmitat Ksafim, does not apply today. What's the whole principle behind Shmitat Ksafim? So we talked about it in Gitin Daflamet Zayin, and Rabbeinu Bechaya references the Mishnah in Shvis, which is the basis of our Matmonim on Daflamet Zayin, and that is that the way it works, if you remember, the Balabos has to say, the lender has to say to the borrower at the end of the time, your debt is forgone. I forgive your debt because it's a Shmitah, there's nothing I can do. But that's not the end of the conversation, said the Mishnah and, and Shvius. The borrower should then say, I insist. I, I would be incredibly embarrassed not to repay you. The, the lender then says, but what can I do? The terrorist says, I can't claim it back. So he says, then I'll give it to you as a gift. That's what he's going to do. He's going to give it as a gift. And the lender is permitted to accept it. Not only is it permitted to accept it, but the, the Torah approves of that. The Torah, the Torah wants, wants that to take place. So it's clearly not about the finance. It's about the attitude. Says Rabbeinu Yonah that lo yinhag adnut al pirono. It's about not oppressing, not demanding payment. It's creating a reciprocal relationship between lender and borrower, not a one-sided power battle where the creditor is the, is the source of power. At the end of Shemitah, there's no source of power. He says, what can I do? I've, I've lost it. There's no, I don't, you don't owe me anything. And he says, but I want to give you something. I want to give it back to you as a gift so that they're able to reestablish a balanced relationship, and that's the kind of economy and that's the kind of society that Hashem wants. He wants them to be creditors, and He wants there to be borrowers. He wants there to be rich, and He wants them to, there to be poor. But He wants the relationship between the two of them to be one of empathy and kindness and understanding and mutual support. That's the society Hashem wants. He doesn't want everybody to reach so that nobody has to be rich, so that nobody has to help anybody. He wants everybody to have to help everybody. We have to trade, we have to borrow, we have to lend. He wants the economy to flow because that's how people engage, that's how people interact, that's how people grow through the business they do with one another. The kindness they do to one another. You've got to be good to people, otherwise they despise you. If they despise you, that's bad for business. So you've got to be a mensch. Business requires that you've got to be a mensch, otherwise your business suffers and you get the message very quickly that you're not a mensch. Hashem wants it to be that way, but He wants there to be empathy and kindness and sympathy between people. The Bene B'chayah says very clearly that the din of Shemitah Ksofim is a din of attitude. What the Rebbein Shalom is interested in is the attitude. In Mishnah Shvi says, and that's why Zed Devar HaShemitah, this is the conversation of Shemitah. And the Balaturim references that mission in order to explain the word Devar HaShemitah, at the very beginning of our Posuk. Devar is words. These are the words of the Shemitah. What I want, says Hashem, is a conversation between creditor and, and borrower. It's not about whether you get the money back or you don't. There, there are mechanisms for that. We've got Prusible, we've got all sorts of ways to get around that. That's not the main thing. The main thing is, what's the conversation? This is our, the conversation I want there to be, says the, the Mishnah in Shvius. So, so the question then is, so what's that got to do with Karka? Okay, so we understand Shmitas Ksofim, the financial Shmitah we understand. It's a matter of attitude and relationship and, and socioeconomic environment and, and ecosystems. Understand that. 
But what's that going to do with karka? It's based on a on a bechor shor in the um, on the parsha. That is, that a Jew uses borrowed money to plant his field. He takes the money he borrows, he invests it in seeds, and he needs to be financed while the crop is growing. Comes the shmita year. If he hasn't got a good year the year before, and now it's shmita. Now he's got a problem. He's got to repay debts, and he's not planting anything. He's got no crop. That's why says the the Hamikdava. You've got to forgo the debt because that just can't work. The, the farmer just can't operate if you're going to call your loan at Shemitah time. His kara Shemitah la Hashem. He calls the Shemitah for Hashem's name. He's doing it l'shem shemaim. And now you're going to come and exploit his weakness. That's not okay. You've got to let it go. And that's why for a goy, says the Bechor Shor, with a goy, you can, take, you can charge interest because he's in business. He's not in agriculture. So he's, he's constantly going. If he borrows, he lends. He, you, the, the economy is moving. It's not seasonal. And he doesn't have a shmita. He doesn't have a year where you can't do business. So for a guy, it's okay to have normal commercial relationships. I lend you money, you repay the money. But in the case of a Jew where the, the farmer takes the money to invest in Eretz Israel and to, and to build, and there's a year where he can't do that, you can't exploit that, you've got to hold off and participate in his Shemitah. The way the banker participates in the agriculturist Shemitah, the agriculturist has to take a year off and he can't work. What does the banker do? He forgoes his loans. Everybody invests in, the, in this idea of, of Shemitah. That's how the Hamek Dover explains the connection between Shmitat Ksafim and Shmitat Karka, which we see in our Sugi and we see in the Posuk. But there's another aspect to it as well that I want to touch on, and that's an understanding what land is and what poor people are. If you think of land, it's afar, it's, it's dust, it's sand. And we use afar to talk about poverty and simpleness and humility, where Avrom says, Vanuchi afar ve'efer, I'm dust and ashes. And David Amelech says, this is for Slichus time, Ki hu yada zachor ki How many times do we say it in these days? Remember, we are Afar. Says the Nitziv in the Hamikdava, what's the difference between Afar and Afar? Afar comes from nothing, but it grows everything. Sand comes from stones, from rocks, from geological evolution of, 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 of however many years that, that it happens to take. And that's it. But it grows. Out of this nothingness comes everything we eat. Afer comes from human activity. You make ash from industry. Industry produces ash. But what does ash produce? Nothing. And Avrom says, I'm off over Afer. I don't have, I don't come from anything. I'm not Afer, that I come as a byproduct of great industry from, from Zechutavot. And I'm not Afar, that I'm going to produce great things. And I'm Afar, I'm neither, I'm Afar Afer. I have the weakness of both. But what's important in the Hamikdava is to understand what Afar is. Afar is something, The idea of Afar is, it, has, it creates toldot, it, create, it generates wealth. Even though it's nothing, it comes from nothing, it's inert. But it generates wealth. We've got to understand this gives us a whole new approach to poor people. Poverty, poor people, they're like Afar. They're simple. Everybody trods on them, everybody walks over them. They don't come from anything. They don't have rich parents. They don't have rich grandparents. But everything is going to come from them. It's from their simplicity. It's from their humility. And even the economy. They enable the economy. You need poor people. Who will do the labor? That's why they have to import immigrants. They're just all full of Filipinos. Why? Somebody has to do the labor and everybody's too rich to do it. The Israelis are too rich to do it. So you've got to import anim. 
You've got to import poor people. That's how much you need poor people. America needs to import Mexicans. You need poor people. You need poor people for an economy. You need poor people for tzedakah. You need poor, poor people for shmita. Don't look at, the, look at the poor people like afar. Yes, they come from nothing and you trod over them. But everything you need, eat your entire economy rests on the back of the poor people. And communism and socialism understood that idea and marketed it to bits and used it to manipulate the world for a period of time because they saw that truth. And that's why Jews were attracted to it because they realized there's truth in it. What they did was they distorted it and destroyed it, every value there might have been. But Jewish people understood this is, there's a Torah truth in this, that everything is on the back of the poor people. And treat them like afar. Yes, I'm just dust. And as the Nativ says, I come from nothing, but I'm not going to nothing. You can't build an economy without me. And you need to invest in me. And therefore, the Shemitat Ksafim and the Shemitat Karka is the same idea. Shemitah, we said in an earlier Matmonim, Shemitah comes from the word Lishmot. Let it slip away. Just don't hold on so tightly to your assets. Don't hold on so tightly to your cash. Shemot, let it slide away. It's okay. There's more where that comes from. This is about productivity. The poor people are productive and land is productive. It doesn't produce this year. It will produce next year. You'll be okay. Invest in it. Don't hold on to it. Invest in it. Work in it. Use it. That's what Afar is. Invest in your poor people. Educate them. Develop them. Grow them. Because that's where your future is. And therefore, you've got to invest in your poor people with Shemitat Ksafim and in your Afar and in your land with Shemitat Karka. Because both teach you not to exploit the downtrodden, not to exploit the, the dust of the earth and not to exploit the poor people. There was a very important movie that was made in 2019 by a Korean director called Parasite, where it explores so powerfully the danger of this widening wealth gap between the rich and the poor, when the rich don't understand that their whole world rests on the back of the poor. And you have to keep the poor going. You have to take care of them. You have to nourish them because without them, everything collapses. And that's something that, that we don't realize. And today we're living in the time of a widening wealth gap that is causing people a lot of concern, not only for the economy, but for society as a whole. And here we see the Torah's outlook, how the Torah looks at wealth gap. The Torah understands the importance of preserving that wealth gap, but investing in the poor people the same as we invest in the land from which we eat. Mm -hmm.